Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast, presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready. He's out there with me here as well. It's Friday morning at 11.20 a.m. As we tape this, in case the uh, the world changes in, in, a, uh, in a short period of time, which it has been doing here lately. Um, got a, a special here for you from uh, the people at Dead Soxie. Get, keep an eye on... Uh, Ole Miss and South Carolina on Saturday night. And uh, mainly keep an eye on the scoreboard at the conclusion of Saturday's game. However many points the Rebels have scored, Dead Soxie will match that number as a percentage discount. So if the Rebels post 38 on the Gamecocks, the promo code will activate for 38% off, 50 points, no problem. 50% off, you guys get how this works, 42 points, 42% off. 100 points, everything's free. It's all right there at Dead Soxie. This, this uh, score sale will run from the conclusion of tomorrow night's game, Saturday night's game, until midnight on Monday, November the 16th. So you, you'll have a little more than 48 hours to take advantage of that. So when the Rebels uh, get more than 30, it's an added discount to the discount you already get. So, uh, I mean, in, in replace of the discount. So... You guys know how it works. 45 points, 45% off at deadsoxy.com. All you got to do is use the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout. Get the score sale percentage off all orders. And as always, stay soxy. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop it around. You can do what I've done. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love it. 662-257-1900 is the number. Mr. Barry, how are you? Neil, we're doing well. It's uh, day two of the Masters, so got it on in here. Uh, just watching guys hit a go, small golf ball. Under. <laughs> I go, what's this four under? I'm sorry. I don't know. That, I don't, I don't that know what... video is, is amazing. It's um, so good. It's, it's, it's the best thing <laughs> Vernon does, and he's a genius with stuff like that. And I watch it over and over and over. He's the only person that can do that. Yeah, yeah, well, he, Nobody else can do that and be taken remotely serious and or think it's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. I, I watch <laughs> – I watch this and I'm like, how much money would I pay to be able to hit a golf ball like these guys do off the tee? Oh, it'd be, it would would change the way that I view golf. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I'd have a lot more fun. I wouldn't be chasing as many balls and and looking around in trees and stuff. I'd actually play. I just, people ask me all the time, why don't you play? It would be so expensive at my age to try to get good enough to enjoy it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, people say, well, you have time. I don't have time. I mean, I, I literally don't have time. I'm, I'm doing 400 podcasts a week, and it, it, which is a lot of that is my own doing. And I've, I've got to clean some of that up, but, but I don't have time. So 
And yeah. if I did have time, I'd have to go get lessons, which are expensive. And then I'd, I lose, I lose two cases of balls every time that I play. So those things are expensive and the, the equipment's expensive. Yeah. And I tried to turn Carson onto it a little bit. And I just don't think it, I don't think it resonated in his mind. He, it just didn't do much for him. He, he took some lessons. The lessons were great. I just, I don't know, maybe something just in our family. Maybe we're just not meant to be golf people. We're just <laughs> not, it's just not in us. And so he won't be able to say that I wish my dad had made me play because I tried to get him to play. But yeah, didn't. And maybe it'll catch on at another time. I don't know. All right, let's talk some recruiting. Not going to, uh, this is going to be a pretty short show because we've, uh, Zach's got a football game to officiate. I've got stuff to do. So uh, we'll get to the, we'll get right to the nitty gritty on this. We'll start with basketball. Uh, signing day was on Wednesday. Ole Miss signed the three players that we all thought they would sign. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Ruffin, James White, uh, uh, Grant Slatton. All signed with the Rebels. No surprises there. Um, Deshaun is a is a big story for Ole Miss. He really is. He's a he's. Kermit Davis was on a, a Zoom call with us on Thursday. There's a big story up at RebelGrove.com. If you want to read it, there's a lot there. And he was talking about how Deshaun, had the circuit not been canceled because of COVID, would have exploded really as a as a name, uh, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. But he talked about how all the kids in these classes, you know, in his class, in the class below him, in the t- class two years below him, they all know how good Deshaun Ruffin is, how exciting he is to play and all that. And I think Kermit believes that Deshaun's going to have a real impact on the program from a recruiting standpoint beyond his impact as a player. So they're really excited about him. Uh, White and Slatten are sort of uh, wings. Uh, Slatten can really shoot it. He's gotten bigger. Uh, he's a prospect that I, you can tell they're really excited about. In today's basketball, I started to say college basketball, but in basketball in general, if you can't stretch the floor and stretch defenses with perimeter shooting, you'll get killed. And uh, Slatten's going to give them a, a shooter who um, you'll have to guard. So it's going to open up the middle of the floor. It's going to allow for guys like Matthew Morrell and Deshaun Ruffin to penetrate, to dish, to do all those things. You can't do those things if people don't respect your shooters. They'll, 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 especially with length, they'll take away the rim from a Deshaun Ruffin, you know, because he's 5'10", so he's, he's going to have to have clear paths to the, to the rim and having guys like uh, White and Slatten uh, provide that for him. I think they're super excited about White, by the way, uh, Zach. I think they think that – He's a guy that's going to need some development, but has a real high upside. You know, there's, there's probably a floor there, too, that, that it might not work out. But I think they think that he has a lot of the, the raw physical skills with the right development. And they love the kid. They love the, the human being. They really think he's going to put the work in. I think they think he's a guy that could end up being a real surprise in this class. Yeah, they really need him to have one of those uh, year one to year two or year two to year three, whatever it is, body transformations that K.J. Buffin had. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Because he's, he's pretty lean, yep. but he just absolutely just fills it up, man. And, and, this is, and this is not some, you know, small little private school league he plays. No, this is big boy basketball in Georgia, and Georgia is a fantastic high school basketball state. Um, I think he was fifth fifth in the state in scoring last year um 
I don't have it in front of me, but I, the dude can fly out score. And he's long. He runs the floor well. He sees the floor well. Um, but, yeah, I think that there were, you know, some scuttlebutt on the board with, you know, all right, should they really take this kid? Like, they, they're in on others. And like you said, I think the staff really likes him as just an overall prospect and what he can bring. And he's not a guy that's going to have to come in like Matthew Morrell and just immediately have to contribute. He's going to be able to work his way into playing college basketball. Yeah, he got 24.1 as a junior in Conyers. That ain't bad. Uh, broke the 30-point mark six times, had 42 against Alcove, uh, led uh, Heritage High School to the Sweet 16 in the postseason. They, they, yeah. they like this kid a bunch. Like you said, he's, just, he's 6'5", he's got to get bigger. But they've got time. They're going to have a pretty yeah. deep roster for a little while. Eight rebounds I, a game, too, is big. Yeah, he's, he's, he's real athletic. He's springy. And again, you know, it might take, might take a little time and it might not because sometimes guys like that get into a college program and boom, in addition to you just hit your growth spurt where you, you fill can out. score, you can score. If you can score, you can score. It's going to be a matter of can he get strong. And usually right. they can. They, they, Ole Miss is um, – I think their basketball strength and conditioning people do a great job. I really do. You, you can see transformation of bodies. I put up some videos today um, – Austin Crowley looks like a different dude. Now, he yeah. got sick last year, and that affected his weight. He got essentially yeah. got mono and dropped a bunch of weight and didn't feel good, didn't have energy, and then he lost confidence. And they're humans. They're not basketball machines. And, and it can uh, – you can slip, but he looked, he looks terrific. And, and so there's a lot there. Um, I'll see this uh, yeah. on Ruffin. Uh, I posted it earlier this year on the board. Um, there's a lot of concern about his size and, you know, you said he's 5'10", you know, that's on the very best day for, for Deshaun. Uh, One of the it, shoes are brand new. Right. Yeah. Right out of the box. Um, but I looked at, so he, they obviously Callaway dominated in state. They didn't lose a game against anybody from the state of Mississippi, but they played a national schedule. They played in a lot of national showcase tournaments. Uh, so I went back and, and people might remember this post, but I looked at what he did against non Mississippi competition. Um, so outside of a 14-point performance against Curry High School from Illinois, in which they played them twice, Neil, and he scored 37 in the other game. Um, he scored 37 against Lausanne uh, from Memphis, which had Musa Cisse, the big five-star. 35 on Wooddale, who had four-star Jonathan Lawson. 31 against Moravian Prep from North Carolina, who had four-star Shaquille Moore. 29, Leesville Road from North Carolina. They had another four-star guard. 27 against Word of God, Christian Academy from North Carolina. It's a big basketball power, powerhouse. They had a five-star. scored 27 on them. And then 24 against Briarcrest, who had Kennedy Chandler, um, the five-star that's going to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So, in games, not only against elite competition, but also elite players who are also scorers, who he's going – you know, that's the that one-on-one -on -one type mindset in basketball where, you know, you get a bucket, I get a bucket. He didn't blink. So – He's gonna he's gonna score. It's just how can they use him on defense? How can they adjust things to help him out? Because he's gonna be small, but I don't think he has any limitations as far as that goes. Um, he's just a people say it all the time. He's just a bucket getter. He's just gonna go out there and he's gonna he's gonna score. Um, and they love that about him. I've heard some people compare him to a better Stephen Moody. It's high praise. Moody, I, you know, Moody was a pretty good college player. 
Yeah, I've seen the the pro comp. A lot of people are using her. Is is Isaiah Thomas, um, hmm. which he's a stud. Um, but I will say this before I forget about about Slatten. Uh, he reminds me a lot. You mentioned Austin Crowley. He reminds me of Austin Crowley. Can really shoot. But as you saw it at Pavilion Madness, um, Crowley's got some hops. Slatten uh, can jump too. Yeah. Um, he he get out in transition. He he'll, he'll throw it down on somebody's head. Um, we talk about scoring. He's already scored, Neil. He's already scored eighteen hundred points in three years in high school. You know, I, I've talked about this. I watch a lot of NBA, and if you watch NBA, you just see it more and more and more that they you've got designated shooters on the floor. Yeah. Um, you know, the Heat got to the NBA Finals with Duncan Robinson as a essentially a, a just a shooter. He's not even a three and D because his D's not very good, but he's a guy that is damn near automatic from the perimeter. So you have to guard him and it allows Jimmy Butler to penetrate. It, it stops people from helping off because you help off on Butler and he dishes out to, uh, to Robinson. That's, that's in. He's, he's going to bucket you to death. And you saw it in the playoffs. He'd get 30, 30, 30. And then people would guard him and he'd get six, but Butler would get 31. So it was that kind of deal. So it, it works. It's it's just kind of where um, it's kind of where we are with with basketball as as the game becomes positionless. So we're going to switch to football in a minute. But I thought it was interesting yesterday that that um, Davis Kermit Davis said, "Yeah, we're still in on another you know high profile guy. We'll see how that goes." Obviously, he can't talk about recruits. He can't name a an unsigned recruit by name. But I think we can all guess, at least, that he probably was talking about Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who I still anticipate, based on what I've heard, I still anticipate that he is going to reclassify, that he is going to make a decision sometime as early as January, and that he's going to sign in the spring. Yeah. You I hear think, him saying? Yeah, yeah, I think it's – he's teased it a bunch on social media. He's mentioned it. He, he hasn't come out and said he wasn't doing it he hasn't said he's you know he hasn't completely ruled it out yet now he's a teenager things can change but I think Ole Miss is is wanting him to reclassify and want to get him on campus as soon as possible and yeah I think Ole Miss is in the driver's seat with this one he's, I do too. he's 100% moved on from Kentucky who is the leader for forever um you know Auburn's hanging around Tennessee's hanging around a little because of the you know he's originally from Clarksville Tennessee um so there's a connection there um, with, you know, being originally from the state of Tennessee. But I think Kermit and them, he's mentioned it in interviews a bunch, and I'm not verbatim the quote, but essentially he has said that Kermit and the staff have stuck with him no matter what, regardless if it was just, oh, he's going to Kentucky, just don't even recruit him, don't worry about it. No, they've recruited him since he was a freshman in high school, he went to IMG, now he's up at um, – I'm drawing a complete blank on the school he's at now. But, um, yeah, I can't think of the name of it. It's, uh, it's up in the northeast, um, Scotland okay. campus in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, but they've, they've stuck with him, and I think that that has resonated. And then I think uh, he just knows that you sign with Ole Miss, you come in, you're the dude immediately. And then – we just talked about all the guys that they're signing now. You mentioned Matthew Morrell, Ruffin, Slatten, James White. You've got a nice little supporting cast now. You're not going to have to do everything. So that's 
as much as kids want the ball and want to want to score a ton, you got to have some some folks to help take the pressure off. He also mentioned that they're in on a junior college big man. He didn't obviously say who, and I don't know who that is. I I know they're in on a handful of guys that are JUCO guys. And then he said the magic words. One thing I really like about Kermit, he'll lay it on, on the he'll lay it out there. There's no point in there's no dancing. There's no diploma, diplomacy. I've said this before, Ole Miss is really blessed. They've had two coaches in a row in basketball who just tell it like it is. And he said, it's a whole new world coming. As soon as this one-time transfer thing passes, everyone is recruiting everyone's roster. I don't think Kermit's, I don't think Kermit's crazy about it, but he's going to do what everyone else is doing. They, he said, if you're not doing it, you'll be behind. So when people ask, hey, break down basketball recruiting, I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be impossible. Even yeah. <laughs> I could get all three Ole Miss assistant coaches and sit them in a room and go, okay, tell me everything about recruiting. And they could start telling me, and they wouldn't know everything because they're going to be evaluating every single roster. Stuff is going to change. It's going to get fluid. A kid's going to get unhappy and two weeks later decide, you know what, I'm leaving. And he's going to have 8,000 opportunities. Somewhere else, like Kermit said, the seventh guy or the eighth guy on the Ole Miss roster, the Alabama roster, is going to get 30 calls, essentially. And everybody goes, oh, that's tampering. Trust me, they know how to do it. They're going to get to him and say, hey, uh, you know how you're playing 16 minutes a day, 16 minutes a game at Alabama? You'd be playing 31 here at Iowa State. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah. Boom. One time, no penalty. One time, no penalty is going to be a bunch of transfers. It's going to be – Lane Kiffin's talked about this, like it's just going to be the Wild West, and I'm telling you it is. It absolutely is. And in basketball, Zach, if you think about it, basketball's a sport where guys have jumped around school to school, like you just talked about with, with Huntley Hatfield. They jump around from AAU team to AAU team to AAU team. Making a change is second nature to them. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, you know, your, your clock's – ticking you get to sure. you get to college like it you got to get going and you know Huntley Hatfield left IMG to go to Scotland campus because I mean IMG's entire roster is five and four stars and you know he was a bench player at times uh started some games but you know he just wasn't getting to do what he wanted to do as far as getting ready for college and playing a lot of minutes I think that's something that factored into him transferring there so that's going to be the exact same thing in college. You know, if you're, if you're year two, mm -hmm. like you said, you're playing 12 minutes a game, that ain't going to work. Like NBA scouts aren't getting enough. So you got to go somewhere where you can play. So it's like you said, it's going to be prevalent. And also I don't knock a kid for doing it. Cause if you, you go do your thing. Yeah. What's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of one-time transfers Initially, it's going to be nuts. Like Davis said, he said, next three, four years are going to be crazy. Then you will oh, yeah. start seeing guys do the one-time transfer, realize that the grass was not always greener, and it will slow it down. But it's going yeah. to take a transition period before it gets, for lack of a better word, normalized, if that makes sense, where a kid's like, okay, yeah, I've got that in my back pocket, but I'm not going to jump on that. I got to think. Right. At first, it's going to be, yeah, I had a bad week. I'm gone. Kansas State offered, gone. <laughs> that's going to happen. It's going to be nutty. AP says I can't use that word anymore. AP Stylebook says that's a – it's going to be different. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. It's going to be off-putting at times. Is that okay? Or is that, is that too harsh? 
No, that's fair. Okay, I just don't want to. I don't want to. So, do you? You got your bookcase there. Do you have your AP style book behind you? I don't. I don't. And, and the good thing is, I'm since I'm kind of my own boss these days. I, I, I'm not really, I'm not really hostage to the AP style book like I was. Although I still stick to some of the AP style book stuff, like abbreviating states. If ALA period doesn't mean Alabama to you, the odds are you don't know what the hell you're reading. So it does, you know, I mean, I'm just being real. Yeah. If you read ALA period and think that's Alaska, I mean, I can't help you. That's on you. And at some point down in the story, you'll figure out that we're not talking about Alaska, but that's your problem, not mine. I mean, if you can't figure out that W period, VA period is West Virginia, (laughs) I can't help you. Is this, is this where you do your voice and you say, uh, Mama, is that that place where the sun never goes down? Mama, you, you think Coach Saban would ever go to Alaska just to recruit? You think they got any players <laughs> up there in Alaska? I bet they'd love to come down to Alabama because you know they're cold in that igloo, uh, Mama. I bet they get down to Alabama and they say, this is sun is fantastic. Real humid, though. Take them a while to get used to the humidity. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think about it, Mom. We don't need to recruit him because we 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 already got enough linebackers. We need uh we need some of them uh cornerbacks that uh that uh, Coach Saban talks about a lot. We, uh, Mama, we got any more of that Frito pie? Um, all right. So, uh, speaking of football and Nick Saban in Alabama, I thought this was a significant development yesterday. I really did. It it. We're living in crazy times. Um, we have a president who refuses to concede. We have, uh, we have, we I can't have, believe it. We have the COVID thing going on. We we are perpetually that scene in Bull Durham when they're out on the mound and, and talking about candlesticks and 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 sacrifice. A, a lot of moving parts right now, Neil. A lot going on. This got overlooked yesterday, Zach. The NCAA, in its infinite wisdom extended the college football recruiting dead period to April the 15th. So allow me to, for those of you who are uh, challenged by ALA period, let me, let me guide you through this. That means that there will be no visits in this recruiting cycle. That means that kids will sign in December without the benefit of a visit. It means that kids will have to sign in February without the benefit of a visit. There had been some hope that it would get lifted in January, at least partially, where kids could take a couple of official visits. A kid maybe was down to, let's say, Tennessee and Kentucky, and he wanted to go look at both and meet with the coaching staffs and take, you know, Uncle Earl and, and Aunt Jenny to, to meet them and, and all that stuff. And maybe there, it's a, it's a, there's a lot going on. And wanted grandmas to have her opinion, wanted just to see the town, wanted to hang out with the players, wanted to do some of those things. That's out. Not going to happen. Um, I think that's really significant. And then I think what's even more significant, quite frankly, Zach, is pushing it to April the 15th means that in all likelihood, another spring recruiting opportunity is done. All of those uh, junior days that you see in February and those kind of things where you bring kids to campus and it's kind of low-key and they get mm-hmm. to hang around and they get to kind of meet with the coaches and get to know people a little bit and hang out in the thing and have a barbecue sandwich and then talk to some players and then leave at three o'clock, get a little tour. Nobody makes a lot of decisions based off junior days, but the really good prospects will go to five, six, seven junior days. And they start getting a feel for, Hey, I really like Ole Miss. 
not so sure that, you know, Auburn's for me, or I really love Auburn, not so sure I like Georgia, not so sure I'm a good fit there. Oh, boy, I didn't think I'd like South Carolina, but whoa, that kind of thing, that's out. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, I hate it. And I hear rumblings that this thing is going to go into the summer. This that I keep hearing, Zach, and I'm the other story that's out in the news besides Trump and COVID is vaccines. Well, vaccine from from um, Pfizer, or Moderna, or whoever. I keep hearing until vaccines are readily available that the NCAA is not going to lift this recruiting dead period. I I don't even think this is a political statement, but I just think that they should just leave it up to the player and the family. Of course. It's your risk. You know, it's a risk. You, you know, obviously the, the blanket, you know, you, you take risk every day, whatever, but sure. it's, it's a virus. It's out there. I, you know, I talked to, you know, a couple of my best friends are, are doctors and I asked them, you know, every so often, you know, what do you, what do you think? And they're like, well, right now, you know, it's, it's flu season, so it's just even worse. And then people have gotten complacent, so they're out doing more things. So, of course, there's going to be spike. And then, obviously, with home, uh, Halloween just happening, people were going to parties, whatever. But as far as the, the visits being taken away, I thought that the NCAA should have just said, hey, look, you know it's out there. If you want to take the risk, go ahead. Like, that's up to you. But if you want to go to the campus and, you know, do your thing, socially distant, meet with staff, you know, Stay outside. Go meet go at the IPF and stand outside and talk to a coach. Like, that's fine. To your point, Zach, one of the recruiting tools, one of the recruiting pitches would be we care about our kids. We care yeah. about our players. Everybody was going to be super careful. That was going to be part of the recruiting pitch, for God's sake. You were going to bring guys in. Everyone was going to be masked. People were going to be yeah. wearing hazmat suits, man. They were going to socially distance the meetings. They were going to go someplace to eat where they could eat outside or maybe cater it in yeah. where they could eat carefully. And that was going to be part of the recruiting pitch. Well, that's a great point. You could bring a family in. Here's what we're doing to protect your son while he's here. This is the precautions we're taking. Yeah. Look, it's Everybody hates it. Everybody has COVID fatigue. It's here. You got to deal with it. That's a great way to, hey, look, we're going to take care of Everyone was going to do it. Those visits were going to be super safe. Yeah. So. And you could limit, you could limit the number of people. You could limit it to strictly parents and a player. Yeah. You can't bring grandma. You can't bring uncle Bobby. You can't bring little brother. It's Mm -hmm. just, we got to minimize this. We got to protect, protect, protect. Wouldn't have been perfect, but it would have been better. And at least it would have allowed the kids because I'm, listen, I, I think I don't sympathize with the $5 million coach. They'll figure it out. No. It sucks. No. They hate it because they're going to make evaluation mistakes. Right. I do feel sorry for the kids. I do. The, the, the five stars, the three stars, all the other stars. I feel sorry for the kids because it's, this, is a, this is a big decision. And so uh-huh. what is it going to lead to? To dovetail into what we talked about a minute ago, it's going to lead to even more one-time no-penalty transfers where a kid goes to Kansas and he gets there and he's like, oh, no, I, 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 I don't like this. I didn't no. know these guys. That's going to be the excuse. And in many ways, it's going to be valid. I didn't know these guys. I didn't like it here. This, I wish I could have visited here. I would have known that this wasn't for me. So I'm, I'm going back to Texas. I'm going to transfer to Texas Tech. 
that stuff's going to happen, man, in droves. Right, and it's it's a bummer because it's it's literally once in a lifetime. You, you only go you only go through high school once. You only get it one chance to take your five official visits. And look, I, I I never had a chance to do it, but that's awesome. That hey, you you get to go to five places if you want on someone else's dime. Yeah, and go to. But to a, game, a lot of those whatever. kids, a lot of those kids, the official visit is a big deal. You know, you're down to like Florida State, yeah. Georgia, and I don't know Auburn. And one of those places feels like home. I've said this all along. I mean, I watched my daughter do it, not official visits, but she was recruited academically, and we went and looked at schools. And I wasn't part of it the moment that she felt it, but she felt it on that day in Fayetteville. She was like, "This, this is this is where I want to be. This is home." Well, she would have never picked Arkansas virtually. It's a, she's a, it's, it's a great example. People are, well, it's different. She's, a, she's not an athlete. She's a 17, 18-year-old kid having to make yeah. the exact same decision. She would have ended up probably going to Ole Miss or Mississippi State or something just because she kind of knew it. She would have never visited those other places. She would have, and probably in her mind, would have gone to Auburn before she went to Arkansas had it been mm-hmm. virtually. Yet when she went to Auburn, she really didn't like it. And when she went to Arkansas, she loved it. Oklahoma recruited her really hard. This is a good – I think this is becoming a better example as I talk through it. And she yeah. kind of liked the idea of Oklahoma. Yet when we visited Oklahoma, she was like, ah, this isn't for me. I don't – it's fine. I, I don't really like the town. I don't really like the stuff around it. She grew up in a charming town. Oxford's a really cool, charming place. Mm-hmm. So she caught herself looking for something like that. Fayetteville reminded her of home without being home. And so yeah. all of those things, that happens in football too. Where and, and then you add the athletics part of it to, hey, I really hit it off with this position coach. Mm-hmm. But will my parents hit it off with this position coach? Will my family like it? All those things, you don't get any of that stuff. And I, I think it's just a complete shame for the kid. I really do. You talk about the the feeling she had in Fayetteville. I had the opposite feeling because I briefly, briefly danced with the idea of let, let's do something different. And I mm-hmm. thought about going to Alabama. Well, Neil, I went to Tuscaloosa for the first time, and <laughs> I was like, nope, this ain't it. Because I mean, it's not and, a it's not a cool town. And that's my point. Yeah, I mean, you you go and you see it. You exactly. Needed, you needed to go see it because you had an, an, an idea in your mind about what Alabama would be. Mm-hmm. And then there are other kids that go to Alabama like, oh, yeah, this is it. That's what I told Campbell. <laughs> we, we visited Louisiana Tech, for example, just to kind of give her a warm-up visit. I knew she wasn't going to go there. I'm from Ruston. It was a, kind of an opportunity to go home and do some of that. And, you know, she's like, I don't – I think this is too small for me. And I said, okay. And I said, you – I said, this is, that's great. The process of elimination is great. Yeah, it's – and that's the thing where I think a lot of it is – I jokingly say it where five official visits, they don't need five. They know where they're going. They might have two that they're down to. But for a lot of kids, Neil, they really don't know. Mm-mm. And they and they have no idea about College Station or – and they've never visited Eugene, anywhere. Oregon. Yeah, they don't know. So they need to go see it to make yeah. a decision. And to your so, point, it's an opportunity for them to travel. For a lot of those people, they've never really had an opportunity to travel anyplace. And so it's a remarkable life opportunity to go yeah. visit different places and see places that you've never seen. And 
and you know get your picture taken in all the different uniforms and walk into the different stadiums and and then at some point you realize hey i got to pick one of these places and i I think it's kind of cool but we're taking that away from them and then from a big back to the program standpoint man some of these programs like lane kiffin has talked about this he has not ducked from it one time Mm -hmm. he said repeatedly you know here's the thing we're about to sign a class of people that we haven't met and they haven't met us yeah it goes beyond the evaluation you're trying to bring a certain type of kid to your campus into your program into your culture if you can't meet people man you're going to make mistakes there's going to be so many mistakes made not just at Ole Miss but everywhere yeah and this is and this is another topic but we've talked about it before this is a a big reason why I think Lane Kiffin was very 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 adamant and very aggressive in forming a staff that was from everywhere. Yeah. Because now, especially, which he didn't know that this was going to happen, but it's huge for them now. I mean, they're they're hammering away at the Northeast because Chris Partridge was a high school coach there and has a ton of connections. Um, they're going to hammer Florida because he coached there. Kevin Smith coached there. Um, they have a ton of connections in that state, and that's a huge high school football hotbed. So, you know, Blake Gideon, Randy Clements, Jeff Levy, they've got ties to, to Texas. I mean, that, that's going to be huge for them because, yeah, you, you can't meet anyone. But, hey, ex-coach has played in that state. He's coached high school in that state. He played in the NFL in that state. That's, that's going to help. So, um, yeah, it's a mess. And I, I, I hope that it doesn't go all the way to April. I hope things start to improve. You mentioned a vaccine. Hopefully that'll pop up and we'll start to – see see cases go down and people will take it serious and you know be a little more cautious when they're going out and and doing dinner night and things like that but um yeah it just sucks because you know it it's difficult to cover recruiting when you can't talk to a kid if he actually goes to a campus it's i think i think it's borderline impossible so they'll get it done i mean you know like i said Lane Kiffin makes $4 million. He's worked. They're working it. But last week was a week that, you know, almost had an open day. They would have hit the road recruiting. They would have gone and made personal contacts. They would have been seen. Sometimes it's all yeah. about being seen. You know, he's been on the sideline at high school games. Some kids yeah. aren't even playing. A lot of kids aren't playing. He, he made that comment. That's another thing that, you know, he said in many cases, and to your point, they're recruiting the Northeast a lot. A lot of those kids didn't have a senior season. So you're, you're evaluating yeah. film of a junior going, okay, well, I like that, but now – where is he now 12 months later well coach we don't know so i gotta so i gotta make that decision on not knowing right Ooh, i mean going going head to head with a&m right now for talik robbins he didn't have a senior season and there's certain kids that they're so freaking good that you don't have to worry about it sure yeah but that's but that's the upper crust you don't have a roster full of those cats (laughs) so you got to make decisions on other people yeah i just I, you got to walk across that bridge to get there first. Uh, yeah, and I, I, and and even then, you're still taking the Mike Hilton type players. I mean, th- those are still yeah. decisions that you make. So, I hate it. I hate it for the kids. I hate it for the sport. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful. Like everybody, I'm hopeful that the vaccine thing comes around. No matter what you think of vaccines, there's absolutely zero debate that a vaccine is going to stop some of the rhetoric in its tracks, and it's going to let us begin to get back to to some degree of normal and from a recruiting standpoint they desperately need normalcy because this is this is uh this is punishing kids we just it's flat is it's punishing kids it's it's 
it's ridiculous. Uh, all right, before we go, any any big recruiting developments that are happening that you're keeping an eye on, or is everything kind of status quo? So I mentioned Talik Robbins. He uh, is scheduled to make an announcement on Sunday. Uh, it's down to A&M and Ole Miss. I put a chick up this morning. Uh, Tamis Adelaide is uh, reportedly down. Uh, he's made his decision. He hasn't gone public with it yet, but he is a five-star defensive lineman that Texas A&M badly once and I think they'll get and that's something that I mentioned was something to keep an eye on because that would be I believe their fifth defensive line commit and I think that they're filling up a little bit there so that might um, push Robin stole miss could be I I've gone back and forth with uh talking with national guys and then also talking with some some sources uh they think Ole Miss has slightly pulled ahead right now uh Chris Partridge is his primary recruiter obviously being familiar with that area He's wanting him very, very badly. Deke Adams is, is chipping in as well. That's the, the only one that is imminent right now. Um, and then you've got the, uh, the flip opportunities within the state. Uh, McKeelan Pounders uh, put out a, you know, somewhat cryptic tweet this week about, you know, wanting to, you know, get a video made. Um, I think a lot of those in-state guys are probably going to go down to the wire, whether that's December or February, just to avoid the chaos that would ensue afterwards. Yeah. Um, so that's Brandon Buckhalter, MJ Daniels, and I mentioned Pounders. Ty Cooper's the lone in-state guy that I think they're going after that's not committed, uh, the defensive lineman from Louisville. Uh, he's a guy, Neil, that you know fell victim to not getting to – had the chance to be evaluated because – in my opinion, he ain't a three-star. He's a hell of a player. Uh, he's a defensive lineman that Ole Miss really wants. Um, Deke Adams is going after him. And then the other guy in state, uh, Luke Altmeyer, still out there, still hearing a lot of the same stuff. Um, I did actually talk to someone last night close to the uh, MSU program. Uh, people keep bringing up his father, and, you know, he's a team doctor. Um, I was told – as someone that is very close to the situation that that will in no way dictate his decision. I've heard the exact same thing. His dad's not going to meddle with that. So um, keep an eye on the Seminoles on Saturdays because it's, it's a mess down there. You got dudes leaving, opting out, transferring, whatever. I, I don't know. Something you know, to watch. Uh, and we'll leave it at this. I, the, the people that, that talk about a dad being – I often wonder, are those people dads? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not the way you think about your kids. Um, that you, people, people don't, that's not, that's not how you, that's not how you, it's not how you handle your children. I mean, no, he's, he's a successful All dads. Aren't Lindsay Miller. He, he's a successful dad, a successful doctor. Um, I, I, I would, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that he loves his son more than he loves his job. I'm going to guess that he loves his son more than he loves any school. Right, and that he wants what is best for his son, whether that is the school where he is working, or another school, or even the rival school of the school where his where he is working. I'm going to go out on a limb and bet that Dr. Altmeyer loves his kid more than college football rivalries. That's going to be my guess, <laughs> and I, you know I, I don't want to commit to that, but as I, a dad, can confirm that I would feel the same way. Yeah, and and. As a dad, I can tell you that that I want my kids to be happy, wherever that is. I, yeah. If that's 
Ole Miss, fine. If it's not Ole Miss, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm for happy. And so the expression, you're as happy as your most miserable kid, is true. And, uh, and so you, you, cheer for, you cheer for your kids to be happy, and I'm going to bet that's the situation with Altmaier. I continue to hear that Ole Miss has a real shot. Yeah. It right. doesn't hurt. Matt Corral's having a hell of a year. The offense is churning. And then, like I said, Florida State's just kind of flailing in the wind right now. Norvell is struggling, which I did not see that. I knew Florida State wasn't good, but I thought they'd be better. You know, it might be that that program is, is what it is. Yeah. Just because you were a power in the 90s doesn't mean you're still a power now. Jimbo Fisher got miserable for a reason. Yeah. Not because Tallahassee is not a great college town either. Jimbo Fisher got miserable because he didn't think there was a financial commitment that was necessary there. He was wanting to go someplace that, that was financially committed. A&M <laughs> is certainly that. He found one. He found one, no doubt. But Yeah. It did. I mean, that, that you look at it, man. The Florida States, the Penn States, the mm-hmm. Michigans, the Texas, Southern Cal is kind of teetering. Mm-hmm. These, these schools that were the it school, it, it's not like that anymore. Alabama was teetering before Saban got there. Oh, were they? I remember they were. that was weird. That was weird when they weren't good. Weird, weird deal. They were very average there for a, a, a span of a good 10 years before Nick Saban got there. Neil, I remember when Squawkum Hawkum ULM beat them. Mm-hmm. That was his that first was... year. That was, you know, he inherited a mess. But what people do forget is how average Alabama was during the, the Shuley years. During the Franchoni oh. years, during the Dubose years, really. They won an SEC title one of those years, but they were pretty average. People forget just because you won doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to keep winning. It just doesn't. Not today. Mm-hmm. Not today. All right, we'll uh, wrap up there. I appreciate you accommodating uh, my schedule today, Zach. Safe travels to your, uh, to your game. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, guys, deadsoxy.com. H- head to it at the end of the Ole Miss-South Carolina game on Saturday night. However many points Ole Miss puts up on the board, that's your percentage off at deadsoxy.com. You can stock your uh, stocking. Stuff your stocking, I should say. You can do that um, as soon as the game's over. Ole Miss puts up 42 on South Carolina. You get 42% off at deadsoxy.com. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Promo code Rebel Grove. Until next time, I'm Neil McCready. That's Zach Barry. We'll be back uh, for another edition of the uh, Soft Verbal Podcast sometime next week. Take care.